Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 9, The Remnant. If you're a first-time listener, you really owe it to yourself to start at the beginning. Find Episode 1 of Season 1 at 15minutesontheway.com. Don't spell out 15. Otherwise, brace yourself for a conversation with God's voice telling His side of your story. At the end of last week's episode, work began in earnest on rebuilding the temple with great joy and celebration. The celebration is short-lived. Neighbors arrived described as the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin that include a population shifted into the area by King Esarhaddon of Assyria, who brought us here. That's Ezra 4, 1 through 5. Brought there in Assyria's great sociological mashup of shifting conquered peoples into each other's territory. They approach Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the other leaders of the returned remnant. They ask to help in building my temple and assert they've been worshipping me ever since they were relocated to the area by Assyria. As if we would feel all warm and fuzzy because they've added me to their menu, in addition to the gods of their homeland, because they were living in my neighborhood now. When our children decline the offered assistance, the neighbors show their true colors by bringing construction to a halt with threats, bribes, and bureaucracy. So effective is their meddling that work is halted through the end of Cyrus's reign in Persia, a delay of decades. While they're waiting for the red tape to clear, the resettlers focus on getting their homes and fields in order, something they focus on a little too much, in fact. We are about to light up the first in our final trio of prophets, Haggai, to help our people regain their focus and purpose. But before that, there are, shall we say, developments with Daniel in the meantime that occur while the resettlers are settling, developments which we feel must be given some attention. Now, there's a good deal to Daniel's book we are simply not going to take the time to unpack. We may even be skipping over a couple of your favorites from childhood, and there's nothing keeping you from settling down with and mulling through his full dozen chapters on your own, especially if you've got an owner's manual with decent study notes. There's something that's been brewing in the background of the whole story, though, that is given sideways mention in Daniel. And since it occurs in the historically concrete third year of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel 10.1, right in the time slot here where the resettlers are paused over in Jerusalem, now is the time to give it a look. We find Daniel in mourning over something there in his tenth chapter possibly even over the interruptions to the temple's rebuilding. Daniel is on a limiting fast, which means he's chosen not to eat certain food groups. In Daniel's case, he's abstaining from rich food, literally pleasant bread in Hebrew, meat, and wine. So he's not going hungry. 
Thus, the vision he's about to see is not a starvation-driven hallucination. It's the real deal. So Daniel's fast has sharpened his focus and allowed him more time in prayer. If all you're having for supper is carrots and apples, you don't have to spend much time cooking. And his prayers draw our attention to how important the issue at hand is to him. Three weeks into his mourning, Daniel is standing beside the Tigris when a fellow of spectacular appearance shows up out of nowhere, wearing white linen and a gold belt, and looking like he's made of precious stone shiny as bronze with glowing eyes and a huge rumbling voice. Let us call him an angel, for he is. He's there to convey to Daniel and those who hear Daniel the importance of persevering in spite of all the political shenanigans that will come to pass. Human kingdoms of various sorts will rise and fall. But blessed is the one who waits and trusts in me and my timing through it all. Daniel 12.12 12. We've made that point before, and we're not going to pursue it further at this point. However, if you're a history buff, feel free to dissect Daniel 11 and chart all the kingdoms we track with him. We draw your attention to a nearly parenthetical statement by the angel, however, as he begins his disclosures to Daniel. It seems he would have liked to have gotten to the prophet earlier, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia opposed me twenty-one days. So Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, and I left him there with the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Daniel 10.13 NRSV. Now, we do not want to make too much of this by any means. The fact that, as you'll see, this statement is so cryptic even points to our reluctance to lift the veil on what's going on here. However, it's part of the picture right now with you on the way and then in the time of the remnant and Daniel. So, here goes. The prince to which the angel refers is not a son of Cyrus. He's not even a son of Adam. The angel refers to a peer, a fellow angel whom the enemy in his machinations against our purposes has appointed to influence the goings-on in Persia. This Persian prince is strong enough to waylay our angel messenger to Daniel until our reinforcement arrives. Michael, one of the chief princes on our side of the conflict. In the course of his chat with Daniel, our angel also lets slip that there's at least one more of these enemy leaders out there. Daniel 10.20 Now, some of you have been raised in traditions that are steeped in a belief of fairly routine human congress with angels, with a formal polity assigned to their ranks, and a ready belief in their existence and intervention in human experience. You've already thought, Oh, Michael, yes, he's an archangel. Certainly, I've heard of him before. Others hear this interlude and think, Oh, boy, here we go. Can this stuff get any more impossible? Our purpose here is not to convince you of the existence of angels or demons. 
What ultimately matters is your belief and trust in me. That's why we've not mentioned them for ages. We know humanity's timeless predisposition to obsess over beings of this sort and be distracted by them, whatever their allegiance. As our servants will tell you, their purpose is to facilitate your relationship with me, and so giving them too much focus detracts from their primary purpose. Our messenger is there visiting Daniel not to deliver a treatise on spiritual beings, but to urge him and our people to remain faithful in spite of the coming difficult circumstance. Over all of the owner's manual, angels appear only occasionally, and when they do, it is solely to deliver information that will benefit humanity and the Abraplan. Hence, our present messenger to Daniel. We've had angels drop in and out to speak with our people here and there. That's nothing new. The actual mention of parallel beings on the other side is what's new. We have very briefly mentioned our fighting with angelic armies on occasion. For instance, in 2 Samuel 5.24 and 2 Kings 6.15. We have not explored the role of angelic armies in detail, nor shall we do so now. Suffice it to say that they're there. My very name, Yahweh Sabaoth, refers to them. Sure, you remember, Sabaoth is of hosts, as in a great host of angelic armies at my command. However, we've not spoken of the other side in the owner's manual for some time. In fact, after mentioning the enemy as the snake at the very beginning, he's pretty much off the radar. If you stopped to think about it as we went along, though, you must have come up with the inference for yourself that if we had angelic armies heading out to battle, they may not be doing battle solely with the Philistines. Those Philistines just might have their own sponsors in the spiritual realm with whom our hosts engaged. Once again, we didn't go there for a number of reasons and we may as well unpack those a bit now, as we are shifting our policies at this point in history. Again, the first reason is your attention span as a race. We designed you to be able to take in and process multiple inputs at the same time. The feel of the breeze on your skin, the smell of honeysuckle on that breeze, the brush of the long grass against your ankles, the warmth of your lover's hand in yours, the resonance of your years together washing through your memory, along with thoughts of the chicken roasting in the oven and the pie cooling on the windowsill, all at the same wonderful time. However, you are also designed to sort and prioritize things in order to focus first on that which is most essential, beginning with survival-level importance flowing down through minute levels of near-total insignificance. It's your prioritizing that bites you in the bottom then and now. Instead of keeping me and the way as your most essential priority, you get distracted by possessions, pleasure, reputation, and the like, and end up putting your gratification or your peer's opinion of you in the slot in which I am meant to be. 
It's this capacity for dangerous priority substitution that's been another primary motivation in our keeping quiet about the other side all this time. As you may infer from the enigmatic statement of the shiny chap we'll simply refer to as Daniel's angel, the bit about being delayed by an enemy angelic prince and all, there are some, shall we say, significant interactions between the forces of darkness and light, between beings created back before we made the earth and stars. Because of how different they are from you, your tendency would be to put them on pedestals and even to worship them. And thus, in the earlier habitats the thought that gods grew on trees and found reason to worship a full menu of deities, we most certainly did not want to muddy the waters with full disclosure of powerful spiritual beings interacting with humans, lest humanity add a whole raft of demons to the smorgas gods. Besides, it's not like the other side plays fair, and a good number of the individual smorgas gods had demonic sponsors. How do you think Pharaoh's magicians were able to change their staffs into snakes? Or, as we noted then, the witch at Endor conjured the spirit of Samuel. We have thus kept them and information about them largely undisclosed. Now, before you get upset about our keeping information from you, this all actually goes hand in hand with our dynamic interaction with humanity that continues to today. Again, we continue to meet you where you are in ways you are able to understand. This is the sort of thing that drives you nuts when you read some of the ancient stuff in Tom, because your habitat is so unlike the one you're reading about. We know what you can handle and when you can handle it. It is thus no accident that this little slip in Daniel comes on the heels of what we just processed in Isaiah as we finally implement the One God Protocol. It is in this atmosphere of public monotheistic proclamation that we turn more than one corner in our practice, approach, and language. At this point in our tracking with Israel, it's been about 1,400 years since our first chat with Abram, and we are finally and fully throwing down the only God gauntlet. Return again to geometry. If you remember your if A plus B equals A plus C, then B equals C proof logic, then you follow. If I am the only God, and there are somehow spiritual beings out there of greater power than humans, then they cannot be gods even if they surpass humans in one way or another. And so it is that after reaching this point in our tutelage of Israel, and humanity in general for that matter, that we allow the tiniest peek at some of the goings-on with the enemy. We have been intentional in our not giving them any attention for other reasons as well, including the fact that attention is exactly what their sort craves. Thus, we avoid any systematic focus on them, refusing even to include the name of the ringleader of them all. You heard me right. We'll talk about him next time on The Way. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support what we do, give us a review on iTunes or Facebook, then share this podcast with your friends. 
use the link to the very first episode from our website, 15minutesontheway.com. We hope today's episode has reminded you that you, friend, are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way. And until next time, be good to yourself.